I want to read for us this morning Psalm 121, and then we are going to jump right in. Psalm 121, a song of ascents. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. Brethren, I have one question to ask you today, and I don't have a whole lot of time to expound the depths of Psalm 121, but I do have one question that is pertinent and, and, and important for all of us, and that is this. Where do you look for help? Where do you look for help? Now, 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 notice I did not ask you, where does your help come from? Brethren, that's an easy question to answer. But where do you look for help? Because it's one thing to say, church, my help comes from the Lord, and it is an entire other thing, an entirely completely different thing to actually go to the Lord for help. Brethren, listen, where you look for help, that reveals the heart. Where we look is where we find and expect to find hope. Now I want you to listen to Psalm 146 here as it is relevant to our passage. You don't need to turn there. You can just listen. Put not your trust in princes or, or, or rulers and a son of man in whom there is no salvation or deliverance. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that day, his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God. So brother, right away we have help and hope. Where we look to for help is where we are looking in hope and, and, and hopeful expectation. Now listen, now, now, now when I ask you, where do you look for help, brethren, I do not mean, you know, where, where do you look for help to bake a cake? Or, or where do you look for help to solve a math problem? Or, you know, where, where do you look for help to build a playground? Brethren, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where do you look for help in life's most uh, uh, stressful situations? When, when, when the rubber meets the road, where do you look for help? When you are traveling through life, where is it that your heart looks when you need help? Because, brethren, we are needy people. We, need a pe we are people who are constantly looking places for help. Listen, church, when your life is in a mess, where do you look for help? When you receive bad news, where do you look for help? When your spouse dies, or your child dies, where do you look for help? When the doctors tell you you have cancer or you have another serious medical problem, where do you look 
for help. When you lose your job, where do you look for help? When your rent goes through the roof and an increase and an increase and an increase and pushes your budget to the very brink, brethren, where do you look for help? When your country is in a mess, and brethren, our country is in a mess, where do you look for help? Brethren, where do you look for help in your battle with sin? In your battle with anger and bitterness and lust and impatience? Listen, you could read all the books you want, brethren, but where do you look for help? We must find our help in the Lord. We must, brethren. And, and, and our natural inclination, the natural inclination for, for all of God's people, believer and unbeliever alike, is to look for the world. To look to the world for help. That's a natural inclination. To look for better programs. You got a problem? Well, just start a program. To look to drugs and alcohol maybe to cope with the pain. To look for to look to governmental leaders to solve your problems and to solve our problems. We just need stricter laws. We need this or we need that. Or you look to other nations for relief. That's the natural inclination for, 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 for humanity to look to other things in the world for help. And brethren, listen, Israel did the same thing. Now, there's a number of examples in the Scriptures about where Israel, God's people, looked to for help. And I want to just point out and, and, and show you just one example of this. Uh, turn with me to, to 2 Chronicles chapter 14. I want to look at King Asa. Of a, of a good example and a bad example in the Scriptures of this. So, so go to 2 Chronicles with me, chapter 14. And King Asa is a king of Judah, and he finds himself in a predicament here. He finds himself in a high-stress situation. He has the Ethiopians coming against Judah for battle. And they are greatly outnumbered here. And we see that right there in verse 9 of 2 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 9, that the Ethiopians came out with a million men and 300 chariots, more than double of what Judah had. They were greatly outnumbered. Now look at what King Asa does in verse 11. And Asa cried to the Lord his God, O Lord, there is none like you to help between the mighty and the weak. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on You. And in Your name we have come against this multitude. O Lord, You are our God. Let not man prevail against You. We have a positive example here. King Asa in a desperate situation. He turns to Yahweh, the God of heaven and earth, for help. And the Lord helps him. And we see in verse 12, so the Lord defeated the Ethiopians before Asa and Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. So Asa turns to the Lord and says, Lord, help, help. You're the only one who can help between the mighty and the weak. Help us, O Lord. We rely on you. Brethren, there's a reliance on the King of Kings for help. And he delivers. He delivers. Now, you look down to chapter 16, the same king, King Asa, and this time, we read in verse 1 that a man named Basha, king of Israel, came up against Judah. They're, they're, they're fighting against one another. Now look at this. He built Ramah that he might permit no one to go out or come in 
to Asa, king of Judah. So again, Asa finds himself in a predicament here, in a situation, in a desperate need of help. And look at what happens in verse 2. Then Asa took silver and gold from the treasuries of the house of Yahweh the Lord and the king's house and sent them to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, who lived in Damascus, saying, There is a covenant between me and you, as there was between my father and your father. Behold, I am sending you silver and gold. Go and break your covenant with Bashar, king of Israel, that he may withdraw from me. So notice where King Asa looks to. He goes and gets the, the, the money out of the treasury of the temple of, of, of Yahweh, and he goes to the king of Assyria looking for help. He turns to the world. He turns to pagans. Help me in my predicament. Now, now look at verse seven, or, or verse 7 of that same chapter. At that time, Hananiah the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, because you relied on the king of Assyria and did not rely on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Assyria has escaped you. Were not the Ethiopians and the Libyans a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, He gave them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support, church, help to those whose heart is blameless toward Him. You have done foolishly in this. From now on, you will have wars. So right away, brother, in the life of a king of Judah, a good example of him seeking the Lord for help. And then, and then the very next chapter, we see him in another predicament going into the kings of the world, not going to the Lord for help. Brother, it is a natural inclination of our hearts to turn to the world for help. And then you see down a couple more verses here in verse 12 that when King Asa was diseased in his feet, his disease became severe, yet in his disease he did not seek the Lord, but sought help from the physicians. And that's the last we hear of him. And that's how he ends his life, brethren. He, he has a serious disease, a serious medical problem, and he does not turn to Yahweh for help. He just runs right to the doctors. And brethren, there's something to say, to say in that for us. We have got to be a people who are constantly seeking help from the Lord our God. Brethren, we have great promises in the Scriptures from God that, that, that He would help us if we would but turn to Him. We need to go to Him for help. Isaiah 41, the Lord says, Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed. That means like anxiously looking around. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Brother, that's a promise. That's a promise for you. And those, and those people there in, in, in Isaiah, they were in exile in Babylon. They were suffering. And the Lord says, I will strengthen you. I will help you. And the Lord goes on to say, He says, Fear not, you worm Jacob. I am the one who helps you. Oh, church, fear not. Yahweh, your God, Jesus, your King, is the one who helps you. William Carey, on his gravestone, he's that great missionary to India, has on his, on his gravestone uh, these words, A wretched, poor, and helpless worm, on thy kind arms I fall. Oh, brother, may we fall on the kind and everlasting arms of Yahweh, seeking help from Him, brethren, seeking help from Him in every situation. He is a God who is our help. Brethren, if we are going to look to the Lord, 
we, we, we have got to look away from the world. And you got to believe that God is a God who's able to help you. If you're not convinced that Yahweh, your king, is able to help you, you're not going to turn to Him. You, you see that? If you're not convinced of that, you will not turn to Him. But brother, might I suggest to you that as the psalmist says here, he says verse 2, My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. If Yahweh could speak the world into existence... If He is the Maker of heaven and earth, if He knows the stars by name, He could help you. <laughs> he could help you. That's, that's the expectant hope that the psalmist looks to. He looks to the Lord. That's his hope. If Yahweh built His house, heaven and earth, then He can certainly protect mine. He can certainly help me. Do you believe that, church? You believe God made the heavens and the earth? <laughs> you most certainly do. He can help you. He has the power. He is the omnipotent one. He is the all-sufficient one. He is the sovereign one. We ought to look to Him in help. Now, if you, when you think about this in the Scriptures, in, in, in what ways Yahweh provided help for His people, it's kind of interesting how the Lord provides help. Listen to this. Israel's in exile. How's God going to help them? He's going to call Cyrus, this pagan king, <laughs> to, to deliver them and send them back to the promised land. Israel's in need of water in the wilderness. So how does Yahweh help them? He says, Moses, Moses, go take your staff and go crack that rock. And that rock will be gushing out water for you. Ways that we would not think. Elijah needs food in the wilderness. So what, how does God provide for him? He sends a raven to deliver his breakfast every morning. Naaman needs to be healed of leprosy. So how's he going to be healed? Just go dip in the Jordan seven times and you'll be healed. I don't want to go in the Jordan. Go dip in the Jordan seven times you'll be healed. Unconventional ways, brethren. Israel's hungry. So what does God do? He sends him bread from heaven. Manna. The bread of God down to feed His people. Israel standing at the Red Sea. It's blocked. Here come the Egyptians. Lord, help us. Send a boat or something. No, it's okay. I will just send a strong wind from the east. It'll, it'll come up on big walls on each side and pass right through. Don't worry. It'll be nice and dry for you. <laughs> All right. Praise the Lord. We're going through. Unconventional ways, brethren. The King of Kings is not limited in His ability to help. He's not, he's not, he's not limited in that. He can help you in any way possible in your situation. Anything. He's limitless in that. If we would but trust Him, deliverance, brethren, comes in unexpected ways. There's, a, there's an account of uh, John G. Payton, and maybe you've heard of him. He was a missionary to uh, Vanuatu, or the New Hebrides, as, as, as they were called back in the 1800s, Island of Cannibals. I've talked about him a little bit. And, and, and John G. Payton was in constant danger for his life, constantly. These people were trying to kill him nonstop. And he was by himself. His, his wife and his kids had died uh, in the first six months of him being at the New Hebrides. And these, and these, these, these islanders that, that, that he went there to uh, minister to, they would follow him around as he was working with muskets and with knives, like pointing them, pointing it at his face. You can read this in, in his autobiography. And the guy was in constant danger, constant danger. You guys wanted to kill him. And uh, there's a story where 
he was delivered several times by his little Scottish terrier, little dog. And listen to what John G. Payton says in, in his autobiography. He says, Our continuous danger caused me now oftentimes to sleep with my clothes on that I might start at a moment's warning. They would often come to his house and try to kill him. And he says, My faithful dog Clutha would give a sharp bark and awake me. God made them fear this precious creature and often used her in saving our lives. Deliverance from a little Scottish terrier. And those, and, and, and those islanders were terrified of this little dog. But God used this little dog. Brethren, whether it's a king of the nations to deliver Israel or a little dog to deliver you from the hand of wicked men, God is not limited in that. His help and His protection over His people is boundless and endless, brethren. So encouraging. Now, I want to ask a couple questions here. How does Yahweh help us? If He's our help, how does He help us? And, and, and we get some pictures here in Psalm 121. I was going to go through these really briefly. Uh, first of all, by guarding us. Our King is our protector. You see this word here in Psalm 121, the word keep. Keep. We see it six times here. You see it there in uh, verse 3. He who keeps you will not slumber. Verse 4. Behold, he who keeps Israel. Verse 5. The Lord Yahweh is your keeper. Verse 7. He will keep you. He will keep your life. Verse 8. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in. He is the keeper. Now this word is is the same word, it, it, it's shamar. It's the same word uh, that, that, that God tells Adam in the garden to work and to shamar, to guard it. To guard the garden from, from evil and, and, and from wickedness. Uh, uh, to, to, to guard, to, to rid of evil. And brethren, Adam failed in that. He did not guard the garden of God. But our God is the guardian of His people. He guards you, brethren. He guards His people. It's the same word that we see in Jude 24 when we read that He who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the Lord Jesus Christ. Same word there. To guard. To guard. He is the protector. He protects you, church. He protects. He is the guardian of of His people. Also, He's a watchman. Notice this here. He watches. We have a God who does not slumber nor sleep. Brethren, there's nothing worse than the watchman taking a snooze and falling asleep when he's on duty. When the watchman falls asleep, people die. Cities get overtaken. But Church, you have a God who does not slumber nor sleep. Remember when Jesus, Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane there? And He tells Peter, James, and John, He says, watch. Watch for an hour while I go over here and pray. And brethren, they fell asleep. And He comes back after praying. And He says, you can't stay awake with me one hour. And He goes back again. And He, he comes back to find them sleeping. Sleeping on the watch. And brethren, the flesh is weak. We are a weak people. We are a weak people. A people in desperate need of constant help. But we ought to take courage because we have a God who does not slumber nor sleep. 
Brother, he doesn't sleep. Remember Elijah in 1 Kings 18? He's up on Carmel with that battle between Yahweh and Baal. Remember that account? And, and, and there's a sacrifice, and, and Elijah says, yeah, you guys call out to Baal to, to send fire, and I'll call out to Yahweh, and whoever God answers by fire, he's, he's, he's the true God. Remember Elijah's mocking those Baal worshipers. Remember, they're calling out, oh, Baal, Baal, they're cutting themselves. Right, shedding their own blood, calling out to Baal, and Elijah says, Oh, maybe you're God. Maybe, maybe he took a long journey, or maybe he's on the toilet, or maybe he's sleeping. He's mocking them. Maybe your God's out there sleeping. Not Yahweh, not our God. Our God is always awake. Our God is always attentive. He is vigilant to the cries of his people. Brethren, we read it there in Psalm chapter 3. When David's enemies were pursuing him, he says, I myself lie down and sleep. I awake because Yahweh sustained me. Oh, brethren, we could sleep in peace. We could sleep in peace knowing that Yahweh is a shield about us. He's a shield around us. Our glory, the one lifting up our head. Brethren, we see it there in Myanmar with those orphans out there. Yahweh constantly, constantly watching over them day and night. They're in a war zone, brethren. They're in a war zone. Got bullets coming through their walls. And the Lord has sustained them. He has protected them. He has covered their head in the day of battle. He is the protector of His people. Night and day, church. Night and day. He also says here that He is our shade. He's our shade. Israel walking through the wilderness. Yahweh was to them a pillar of cloud. We live in Las Vegas. This is not hard to illustrate for you. You walk outside in the middle of June and July when it's you know a buck ten outside and it's brutal. It's hot. And if you lay out there, you're gonna die. The sun does that, brethren. But Yahweh is a shade about you. So nice to be in the shade on a hot summer day, amen. amen. Yahweh is the protector of his people. He covers us from the scorching heat and by the moon by night. Remember, these are songs of ascent. And I can't go into this, but these were when the Israelites would travel to Jerusalem to go worship three times a year. Very dangerous journey through the hot desert at nighttime, very dark. Bandits, thieves, robbers. Yahweh protects them in the daytime and in the nighttime. Constantly watching over His people. And then He says that He does this always. Always. And you're going out and you're coming in from this time forth and forevermore. That's just a nice way of saying all the time, brethren. You're going out and you're coming in at all times. Your God watches over you and protects you. He is there to be a help to you constantly. Constantly. And He is with us always from this time forth and forevermore. That's reminiscent of Matthew 28 when Jesus says, I am with you always to the end of the age. Brethren, when we go out and make disciples of the nations, God is there to help us do that. He is our strength. He is our strength. Church, listen, where will you look for help? Because you're going to need help constantly. Where are you going to look? Remember, remember, the God who built heaven and earth is the one who will help you. Look expectantly unto Him as a God who will protect you, who will watch over you, who will strengthen you, who will uphold you with His righteous right hand of omnipotence from this time forth 
and everlastingly. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank You, Lord. You are a good God. You are the guardian of Your people, Lord. Father, I pray that we would as a people turn our hearts away from worthless things, Lord, and look to You expectantly for help. And Lord, You know the situations of the brethren here. God, remind them of this psalm. This great psalm, Lord. They remember that their help comes from You, the guardian and protector of Israel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.